I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to the midweek edition of the Wokecast. There's not a lot actually going on about in terms of news, um, in terms of views, and uh, in terms of interviews. It's completely dead. Desert Wasteland, so this will be a very short edition of the Wokecast. I am, of course, jesting. Joining me to unpack many of the emerging issues that actually transpired between the last show and this it's Chisanga Malata how you doing my friend I'm good man and um, I'm I'm buzzing to be on the midweek edition it's been long overdue <laughs> it's been long overdue well it's a pleasure to have you now in terms of talking points I mean man where do we start I would have thought Fight Island let's unpack that ever so slightly considering that it's literally been a couple of days since uh, we last spoke but mm-hmm. Fight Island has been unveiled, and I have to say it's a smorgasbord of some cracking matchups. Hey, man, they've they've, they've well and truly delivered with uh, with Fight Island. Although the wool was well and truly pulled over our eyes in terms of the location and the implication that uh, it was a remote island off the coast of wherever, um, I'm happy with the matchups that 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 are being being announced and the fact that we're having not one, not two, not three, but four fight cards. Title fights. Yeah, yeah. like of oh, oh, I'm I'm talking oh, fight cards three. as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got three three title fights on the 11th, and then we got a card on the 15th, the card on the 18th, and then I think one on the 25th. I mean, man, has has there been a packed month before in UFC history? Like four, like four fight cards like that. Yeah, I've, it's. In recent history, none come to mind as packed as this. It is absolutely incredible. Yeah, man, it's I'm I, I'm I'm stoked for it. Look, would I prefer for it to be like an old school bulldog event where the cage is like, like where they're actually on an island where the cage is on the uh, on the beach? I would have loved that, but at the same time, I'm not surprised it was Yaz Island. Like we we heard rumors of this a, a few weeks ago, and like when you actually connected the dots and and realized the available locations that the UFC could go to during this time that it made sense that Abu Dhabi, that they chose Abu Dhabi. But one thing that I'm interested in is because the UFC, they signed a deal with the Abu Dhabi Tourism Board, I think last yeah. year, and the hmm. the Habib Poirier fight was the inaugural event there. Now, I know they were uh, they signed on to do five events, but will these four events then bring up the, the end of the deal? Because it's four... I would have thought... I would have thought no, because when you think about it, they have actually come to the rescue to a, to a, well to a point where you'd think that they're going to be rewarded and not reprimanded. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, this is ideal for uh, the UFC's point of view, and I can imagine that you know um, whoever is negotiated this deal has cashed in and cashed in big time. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And let's not let's not be around the bush. The UFC's pockets will well and truly have been lined from this. They, they, at the Abu Dhabi Tourism Board probably paid paid up some sort of fee to like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll host it, and you guys can have this. You can have this cash injection to facilitate the rest yeah. of the uh, facilitate everything that you need, and we'll help you mm. build the infrastructure. 
because they know all the eyes are, are going to be like the entire sport i think the entire sporting world as well the entire combat sports world because i, I know we had the uh the first boxing event uh since the pandemic started last night the shakur stevenson fight last night but the combat sports fans are still thirsty still thirsty and i know like several of like my uh my boxing compatriots and counterparts they've just been taking in ufc fights because they just want to see people trade blows <laughs> do you know what i mean so yeah. like the ge- the general public is also thirsty for that and like like the ufc i think although although dana's obviously going to get some flack for for quote unquote lying and misleading the 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 media and fans as to the location of fight allen he's pulled off a masterstroke but did he lie? Did he mislead? I have to say, up until I think it was uh, two weeks ago, I saw an interview with him and he was like, whoa, 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 you guys need to calm down. I've seen things like, you know, you wouldn't believe about Fight Island. It's going to basically not live up to this grandiose expectations that you've got of, you know, a, a remote island in the middle of nowhere. No, this, this is basically um, an island or on an island. Yes, but not in the traditional sense that you've actually built it up to and all the graphics and all the artwork that he had seen um you know he he was reining people in so to be fair to him you know he was trying to manage people's expectations before this announcement true true, true. and I'll, I'll 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 give him credit for that but he did let imaginations run wild from the outset <laughs> but why not i mean that kind of like built up the mystique of this whole fight island and i I love you know people running away with it creatively but to be fair you know as i mentioned you know he has been straight down the line he hasn't actually donned his uh promoter hat and you know really oversold it if anything as i say he's been reining people in to be like you know what just pump those brakes ever so slightly it ain't what you think it's gonna be and as you say technically he didn't lie because yaz island is an island itself so Yeah, but like as 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 I said, man, I'm I'm stoked that this this has come to fruition. We're gonna have four fights uh, in in the space of how many days? In in the space of two weeks, it's gonna be awesome, man. Uh, and obviously, kicking things off is uh, UFC two five one, and that card is just mm. it's just like just the main card is just ridiculously stacked as well. And I Van Zant, Rebus, Andrade, Nami Yunus, yeah, Yan Aldo, Volkanovski, Holloway, and. Usman Burns, which neatly, I think, kind of like pairs off before we get more into Fight Island, but pairs off into the stepchild, the black sheep of the family, the the, the cousin that no one actually wants to invite over at Christmas. Boy, why are you calling talking him about this? Leon Edwards? Come on, <laughs> how are you calling Come him? On this? <laughs> well, you know something. We discussed this on the last episode, and I wasn't joking when I said, look, he wasn't going to get a look-in. He wasn't going to get a look-in because there were more compelling matchups. Plus, he kind of like threw this in um, from left field just before we taped, and I had a look at it after we'd actually wrapped um, the interview, which said that he was in negotiations with mm-hmm. the UFC. Now, I can imagine being the sort of, um, well, tough nego- negotiator that his team Um, has put together that it was never going to be done on the cheap and that's what I think that they've got with Gilbert Burns I'm not dissing him but facts are facts he couldn't go in there and demand x y and z in terms of purses and you know conflate his status he couldn't do that and I think that's what they were expecting um, Leon Edwards to do and that is to go in there and just accept whatever was on the table and I'm glad I'm glad he held out to say no I'm, I'm a name brand 
even though I've been waiting the longest for my shop, even though you guys have kept me hanging on a string, even though there are other people where you could say that there is a compelling reason for them to fight, I'm not going to dance your tune, and I love that. No, I yeah, and 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 respect to to Leon for doing that. I mean, it would have been easy for him to for him just to take the the UFC's offer. Like I I don't know the the financials of it or or, or what have you, but I mean. And also, you've got to think of timing as well. Like, I know, I know Leon's been training constantly in his garage with Fabian. But at the same time, how many weeks is it until, uh, until 251? It's like five or six weeks. And you don't, yeah. you don't want to be going into a title fight against someone who could potentially be a dominant, long-reigning champion on five weeks' notice and, and a less-than-ideal training gap. So I, 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 I'm, I'm happy. You're going back to your original point. I'm happy to see that Leon... Stick, stuck to his guns and stayed true to himself and didn't just jump at the opportunity and just jump jump through the hoops and i think it, i think it will, it will stand him in good stead in the future as well because realistically i mean after like if usman beats uh beats uh gilbert i can't believe gilbert's name escaped me there i think undoubtedly yeah gilbert, yeah undoubtedly undoubtedly it's uh it's going to be leon next because I mean, the UFC took a tough stance with Jorge Masvidal, uh, like because mm. they easily they could have buckled to the pressure, giving him I don't know like maybe an extra two hundred Gs or something I don't know exactly how much he wants, and then they would have reaped the rewards in terms of pay per view buys because obviously Masvidal is now a, well he's always been a name brand in uh, the MMA circle, but in terms of the mainstream, yeah, he's even more yeah. name brand now, and they would have reaped the rewards of that financially if they'd made an investment just by meeting him halfway or, or giving in to his demands but yeah it's i've even lost my my, my trail of thought there <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah I've, I've, i'm i'm just i'm happy that leon stuck to his guns look i would have loved to have seen him get the title shot and as mm. as i i've said at nauseam i'm this old school man who's who's all about meritocracy in, in, in the sport i know it's a it's a it's a long dead sentiment and it, it probably doesn't exist as much as it used to in this sport but i would love to see leon get it but i think he's going to get the title shot next because the way things are lining up it's going to be masvidal and diaz too that uh, the ufc aren't going to give uh masvidal the title shot after this protracted no- and failed negotiations and then after that who else is there for the title shot it's leon so i think he's going to be in a good spot and i think he'll probably fight for the title by the end of the year well, let's hope so, because as I say, I, I stand corrected. I don't think that this deal fell apart because of um, meritocracy. I think it fell apart because Leon wasn't prepared to take the shackles that they had on the table. Mm-hmm. Considering, you know, the short camp that he would have had, considering the rigmarole and dicking around that they did to him last time, considering the shackles that they paid him last time, considering his fight purse, and the fraction that they gave him, I can understand why he'd be sticking to his guns to say, no, recompense me properly, because that would then cover what you should have given me the last time around. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I agree with you. And it takes a lot to stand up to the UFC, because as they've just shown with Masvidal, if they, if they want to put you on ice or whatever and don't want to give you what you think you're do, you, you do, they'll do it. And I mean, I never expected Masvidal not to fight for this title. I thought that... Especially the fact that he's gone uh, spoken uh, spoken publicly about the the pay issue, even going on the UFC's broadcast partners, 
show shows on ESPN and talking about it so openly. I thought the UFC would have been like, okay, let's just meet him, meet him halfway, or or give him give him what he wants. But yeah, they're they're, they're savages now. <laughs> Did you know what I mean? But. Yeah, yeah, and and like I say, you know, big up to all the fighters who are actually, you know, making a stand because it's not just Masvidal. I, mm-hmm. I did try to reach out to Leon to come on the show earlier, but um, he's obviously in in the midst of, um, well, looking after his kids or yeah. uh, got his hands full. But what he did say um, via Twitter, and that is um, his statement read, for those asking, yes, I got offered the shot before Gilbert. We couldn't make it work this time. 2020 has been tough for me on this side of the world, as it has been for a lot of people. But fuck it. You can't stop what is inevitable. The strap will be mine. Continue to stay safe, everybody. So for me, the clue was 2020 has been tough for me. And, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm reading too much into this, but that says compensate me fairly. No, I, 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 I agree with you because... I think the report that came out. I think that it was. I think it was like a max of twenty thousand pounds that he got for the for his. Uh, that's right. Yeah, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Tw- oh, jeez, man, that's not even pounds. Fuck. Um, so you've you've got to think of the expenses that he's paid up front with in terms of his uh, his coaches, his nutritionist, the camp, the camp as mm. well, man. Like and mm. and. And I mean, then on top of that, the man's got to live as well and provide for his family and like ensure that his family can eat during this time. So yeah, yeah. So I, I, he he took he took the high ground in in the way of his uh, he worded his, his statement. But as you said, the the underlying sentiment was was evident for all to see. Yeah, and I'm guessing when you think about it, just that statement alone, 2020 has been tough for me as well as everybody else that kind of like spoke volumes for me mm-hmm. yeah as i mean and like look, look he, he easily could have made it about himself and just whinge and say yeah the ufc are screwing me but he's acknowledged that everybody ac- across the uk and across the globe are are in, a, are in a tough spot now so and again that's just a testament to to the man's character yeah yeah and, you know, speaking of, of character, nicely segue into a matchup which I can't wait to see. Uh, a man of big character who's been coming out quite publicly on social media. And that is Mark Diacasey. Mark mm. Diacasey is going to face Alan Patrick July 18th, again on Fight Island. Now, there was a little bit of a bittersweet to this announcement when, um, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, when we kind of like revealed who is going to be clashing. So mm-hmm. Mark Casey, as you know, came on the show a few weeks back with Stevie Ray and we established um, by and large the most popular episode in WOCAST history. That did serious numbers. Now for me, what I liked about all of that, there was a backstory, there was a history, there was definitely genuine rivalry there and there was rankings at stake as well. Yeah, But it was ever so slightly disappointing to see that um, someone actually sent me this via direct message. And it was it was a post by Stevie Ray on Facebook in which um, an organisation like Britain First, it's that sort of racist ideology that they hold. Now, mm. I'm deliberately not bigging them up because they're not worthy of being bigged up. I don't big up racists. But they posted something 
uh, about Anthony Joshua branding him a racist. And um, Stevie Ray sought to share that. Now, I stewed about this a long while before thinking to myself, you know what? Just bite the bullet and ask him, is he aware that on that very same page that he shared, that there is a call to arms, call to action for this coming Saturday mm-hmm. for racists of all shapes and sizes to gather around the cenotaph and, and defend it like it's some um, some castle or some kind of um, meeting point for a, a, a race war. Because Tommy Robinson also has issued a call to arms as well. So the troops are being amassed. And someone actually tweeted me on... Um, uh, Twitter to say see you at uh, the central London rally so there's obviously plans afoot for there to be a violent confrontation now it didn't take me two minutes to actually see that and I questioned Stevie Ray about this and he said he had no idea and then swiftly took down the post so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. because he's giving me assurances that a he's not a racist when I, I didn't think that was ever going to be the case but my main concern was you know the organization that he was, you know, for want of a better word, um, sharing, amplifying, um, having a discussion point that his many people on Facebook could also do the same uh, was a real worry, a real kind of like um, cause for concern for me. So that was ever so slightly concerning about that. Now, that, you know, is a fight that I still want to see him versus Mark D. Casey. But the reason for actually mentioning that is because Mark also saw the same post and he was absolutely livid. So mm-hmm. no doubt that adds fuel to the fire. No doubt that adds definite momentum for this fight to actually take place in the um, in the future. Yeah, I, I I agree. And uh, when we spoke yesterday about the the post that Stevie shared, I uh, I, w- I was a bit surprised, but I I didn't let my immediate reaction. I d- I didn't want to have a. I didn't want to just brand him a racist because on the count the countless times that I've I've spoken to him, uh, we we've talked about lots of stuff. We we've talked about his uh, even his uh, his daughter suffering with seizures and like how how he's feeling about stuff like that. And yeah, I, I, I mean, as as disheartening as it was to to see him sh- share that, I I wholeheartedly I just think he wasn't I, I I think he wasn't aware. And this isn't me trying to just make excuses or or what have you for for somebody that I've spoken to multiple times down the years or or what have you. That's that's my my honest belief, and I think yeah. a lot of people also aren't uh aren't aware of of what they're sharing especially on 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 things like on facebook as well because uh, a lot of these type of groups that are sharing this uh stuff with this type of rhetoric they they hide behind many masks or or or, or what have you but as as it pertains to stevie ray i can i can safely say that from from my interactions and from from everything that I've I've seen seen of him, I I don't think he's a racist, and I don't think anybody at higher level MMA in Scotland, which is one of the best gyms in Scotland, is a racist whatsoever. Mm. And mm. I I've, I know for a fact that I'm pretty sure James King would would call it out straight away if if he saw it, especially considering that there are people of color who do train at higher level MMA and up in Scotland as well. So, but yeah, um, unfortunately, that's added uh, another element to it, but. 
in 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 the fight game that that is arguably one of the biggest elements of combat sports. I mean, black versus white. I mean, they they hype that up for the Mayweather McGregor fight, and undoubtedly now I don't know if you saw the news earlier that Fury and Joshua have agreed a two fight deal. Yeah, that's going to be an overwhelming narrative because again, some people have, and 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 I don't understand how they have branded Joshua a racist for for um for saying that the black community need to for, uh, not forget about their their local communities and spend their money there and not to spend money in places who are associated with overt racists maybe he worded it incorrectly and people are literally taking it in like lit- every word literally of what he said but that wasn't the the message that he was trying to get across so but <sighs> Again, as, as it pertains to the, the, the Stevie Ray and uh, Mark matchup, that's a fight that we've been wanting to see for years, man. And it's, it's the Tony and Khabib of the, of the UK MMA world. <laughs> yeah, it is, it, well overdue. It's well overdue, man. And like, how, I think it's how many times has it been, has it been uh, booked now? Three? I think it's, this will be the third time. Yeah, this will be the third time. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just hope that, for one, Stevie's knee... Uh, that I, I know he injured it a, a while back and he went out to the Performance Institute to, to get it looked at. I hope his <clears> knee um, c- can continues to heal and that can hold up long enough for this fight to happen because, I mean, if, if for me, like, pe- people might be... Uh, people might not see the significance of this, of, of, of this fight, but in terms of the UK MMA scene, it's a big one. I mean, because these are our, our two biggest lightweights in probably in Europe, what one... Apart from Conor McGregor, before people come at me, before before I say that, <laughs> um, and not to mention you've got the the added battle of Britain uh, element to it, England versus Scotland, man. I mean, how yeah. how good would that have been to 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 hear the Stevie Ray fans in London shouting uh, Scotland, Scotland, then Mark's uh, Yorkshire crew as well, because Mark always has a lot of people come from from Yorkshire shouting Yorkshire, and yeah, so it man, it would have been awesome. And I just want to see that fight. Don't get me wrong; the fight with uh, with Alan Patrick is an interesting one, especially considering uh, the fact that I think Patrick hasn't fought since. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he fought UFC two two nine, and yeah, he lost to Scott Holtzman. So I think stylistically, it's a good matchup for Mark, and one that I'm looking forward to. But I just hope he spinning back kicks him <laughs> into another dimension, and then we can have the Ray fight at the end of the year. That, I think, will be well overdue and, man, a fan favourite. But moving swiftly along, uh, unless there was anything else that you wanted to address on Fight Island. Um, Fight Island, uh, yeah, one thing we, we, we haven't addressed is how hot is it going to be in the arena? Because in September, everybody was uh, everybody that went there, uh, and I was speaking to P.T. Carroll about this as well. Shout out to P.T. Carroll. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's no longer at MMA fighting, but he's argu- yeah. he's arguably uh, f- for me, he's one of the people that I followed before I even got into this game, like and got into a, a publication, and I think he's one of the best in Europe, if not even in the whole sport. So hopefully, Agreed. he lands Agreed. back on his feet sooner rather than later. And he was just saying that even like in in the back room in, in the back media room, it was just ridiculously hot, and the arena like all the reporters that were there were just, they were saying they were sweating profusely and just, it, it wasn't a pleasant experience. 
so, and given the fact that it will be the height of summer in, in, in July, where I think the temperatures can reach like upwards of 40 degrees. I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah Matt, how are you going to have like, <laughs> how are you going to have your fighters uh, fighting safely and cutting weight safely as well? I know they might be doing it in air conditioned places or what have you, but the heat, yeah. the, just being in, in the area, the heat it will have an, it will have an effect. And it'll have an effect in the fight. Like, I hope that they have, like, air conditioning in the arena or, or whatever. But uh, I don't know. Like, I, I would assume that things will go, uh, go off without a hitch, like, unlike last time. Because literally some of the structure wasn't finished last time. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to Fight Island, man. Like, especially from a British perspective. Well, we've got Darren Till fighting Robert Whitaker. That's going to be... A massive fight, and I think a lot of people are fireworks. Yeah, yeah, people are forgetting about that fight as well because, for me, like if Darren Till wins that fight, he's getting the next shot at Adesanya. That hundred percent. Should Adesanya get through Costa? Mm. Yeah, and yeah. no, no, you're right. I, I, I hadn't heard anything more apart from the rumor that that fight had been set. If you notice, when they came out with the announcement, it wasn't one of the ones which they were talking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that'll probably just come in the. In the com in the coming weeks or whatever that it will get announced, because how many weeks is it? So one, two, three, four, ish, five, six. So it's either, yeah. I, I if 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 it's me, if I was a UFC, I'd have that fight headline the twenty fifth event. Yeah, because it's it's a big enough fight to carry a card. That's that mm-hmm. that would be that would be the sensible thing to do. But uh, yeah, it. it but it wouldn't surprise me. In fact, speaking of surprises about Fight Island, I'm mm. surprised the UFC have done three title fights, three title fights consecutively, because it's kind of, you're kind of going to be in this position. Like, do you remember the position that they were in after UFC 205 where they stacked the deck and then there was yeah. like kind of a bit of a lull afterwards? You're, you're kind of going to be in that position, especially with, again, like well, we don't even know if Habib and Justin's going to be fight, fighting in in uh, when is that September? And Stipe versus DC. I'm I'm crossing all my fingers that fight happens. That's going to be in August. But mm. again, I, I I think that the safe thing to to have done would really just been to spread spread it out, but spread out the championship fights. I mean, but maybe they just want to go for the one big injection of pay per view buys. Yeah, yeah, and. Again, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, only time will tell if it does. Exactly. Well, um, what I wanted to bring to the table today, as well as what we've discussed, is Pierre Andorand. Now, you obviously would have seen um, my post, original post, which was surreptitiously handed to me um, via email. Someone screencapped um, Pierre Andorand. Uh, for those who don't know, owns Glory, the uh, kickboxing f- uh, franchise, Glory World Series, and uh, Urban King's Gym in London. Mm-hmm. Now, he's a multimillionaire. He's made a lot of his money through oil and um, stocks trading, and he's doing very, very well for himself. So much so that um, it seems, as we're speaking about islands, uh, this man is an island. This man is an island on his own. On Facebook recently... He, um, with his chest, said this. You do not know me. I contribute a lot to many people's lives regardless of colour. I do not even see colour. 
My point is that you care that I care about results, not about cute, naive ideas that make things worse. I'm not trying to dismiss the difficult feelings one must have when facing racism. Yes, that must suck. And I had my fair share. But often they forget about the many other people from other colours who were kind (coughs) to them and helped them in their lives. Black lives do not matter to BLM. Otherwise, they would try to fix social inequalities, try to unite people instead of just spreading negative emotions. That will only bring more trouble for everybody. The problem is a lot more complex that that it says that I guess he meant than <laughs> simple racism massive inequalities drugs weapons lack of access to education from some etc are real underlying issues and pr- police brutality and lack of accountability in the US you really think a white guy living in a ghetto with a junkie mother will have more chance than a black guy in the same situation you are not helping blacks by, help, by making them believe they are mainly defined by the colour of their skin and all belong to the black community, victim of a racist system. They grow up with anger in their heart, believing they can't do it because of the colour of their skin. Some of them will spread violence, leading to more racism. I just care about results. Questions for you. Do you know that the first slaves were whites during the Ottoman Empire? that blacks were sold by blacks to whites. Let's move on from the racism nonsense and work together as one to fix the real underlying issues. Now, when I read that initially, I was incensed, I was enraged. I had to basically go away from my screen for about 15 minutes to calm down. And the thing that really got me about this is that Pierre, as you and I know, the owner of Glory, which uh-huh. is home to a, a um, cosmopolitan mix of fighters, but also his gym. His gym, Urban Kings, is headed up by one of the premier um, matchmakers, someone who I ride for, regardless of you know what the issue is. Uh-huh. I wave the banner for this man every single t- time his name comes about, and that is Jude Samuel. With that borne in mind, I was shocked flabbergasted and just dismayed that he held these views now it took me a while to calm down but i thought you know what i'm going to share this out there to first of all let people know that this is the content of character that this man has regardless of the amount of money that he has this is a view regardless of who he's sharing it with that is abhorrent now for me i was a little bit taken aback that when I tried to reach out to people from that gym and um, they were very very reluctant and it was said to me look mate and I quote this guy pays my mortgage I don't want to rock the boat there was one man though who did step up and that was Jude Jude Samuel uh-huh. so you know round of applause for him he is our John Boyega right now yeah. he stood up there and he issued a massive statement now before we go into that I ranted on for for the longest while what was your whole take on that um yeah i, I mean I, I i don't want to make a light of the issue but in the words of nate diaz i i'm not surprised because so many so many so many so many, so many 
not not saying that Pierre prior to this gave off the vibe that he's an overt racist, but so many people now over the last two weeks have have shown their true colors, have shown what they mm. what they truly believe, and have shown that they've had racism ingrained in them, and that they refuse to remove the remove the the blinkers that they they have on and and have their peripheral vision open yeah. as to the suffering that not only people from ethnic minorities suffer but people from from different sexuality groups or suffer as well and just like i've I've got the statement up here again on my phone and just re- the generalizations that he's making and that i've seen other people make is just it it baffles me because as i said that this has been ingrained in him from probably his his parents or his school teachers or whatever rich other fat cats that he he, he hangs around hangs around with and yeah. i'm going to unpack some some of some of what what he's saying first of all the notion that black lives do not matter to blm is the biggest load of fucking horseshit i've ever said and i apologize mm. for swearing the manner that <laughs> that, that, I, that i do that, that i'm i'm using now but I just don't understand how somebody can can hold that view. I think he's probably been brainwashed and 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 thinks that Black Lives Matters has been has been infiltrated by Antifa's and and left wing ultra left wing uh, antagonists and who are trying to overthrow the governments across the world and and start this anarchy, a notion which is being perpetuated by the leader of the free world, Mister Fuckface Donald Trump. <laughs> but as I, I, sorry, I have to calm myself down because, like you, as, as you say, <laughs> I was furious when when I first saw this. Especially as you you said it perfectly there that Glory has a, a plethora of fighters from different backgrounds compete, yeah. competing for them. So yep. this makes this statement makes me wonder how does how does he see his is is black and is arab and other uh fights from other ethnicities how, how how does he how does he see them does he you see i i would ask him that question but mm. like the true um dickhead that he is <laughs> he blocked me as soon as that tweet went up he blocked me and full disclosure here i, I think that you know i think it'd be remiss of me not to actually mention this um i've had dealings with pierre before mm-hmm. and wonderful dealings they were for me obviously um Pierre and I, or Pierre engaged me through his um, admin staff Mm -hmm. um, to put together a series of behind the scenes video for wherever they rocked up. So whether it be Italy, whether it be London, I was doing all of the behind the scenes footage for Glory, working as an independent contractor. And I was paid handsomely for that. Now, some might say you've scuppered any plans or you've scuppered any prospect of working for the man in the future. And quite frankly, I wouldn't give a damn. I wouldn't entertain or take his money. I would actually, only to throw it back in his fucking face because (laughs) what he has put out there is abhorrent. And what he's denied me, I have to say, is the opportunity to discuss it with him Mm -hmm. and to let him know that this is not palatable. But Jude has. I, I think we're at that time where it's only right to bring in Jude's response. Basically, on Facebook, um, Jude Samuel, the matchmaker for Bama, um, and as I say, uh, the head BJJ coach, um, congrats, by the way, to Jude, who recently got his fourth degree um, black belt. But um, 
What he penned was this, an open letter to Pierre Andorand and Marius Lewinsky and alike. It pains me that I have to write this, firstly, during this time we're going through, and secondly, because of our working relationship. I could have sat on the side and let your comments slide, but I would have been part of the problem. I thank the people who called me, messaged me, and reminded me to use my voice. I thank them greatly for reminding me and lifting me up. The other day, I had to sit and listen to a Sikh friend of mine educate me about the Sikh genocide in the 80s. I was in no place to judge him or either side. My job as a friend and a human being was to listen, learn and try to understand his pain and those around him. No excuses or anything. Just listen and learn his journey. The same should apply to you also. You cannot throw around statements and use stats in a skewed manner. That makes you think that you can talk freely about the black life or black experience. As a result, you are also talking about my black experience. And if you feel generally black people are lazy, then I have to question your opinion of me. Talking about your contribution does in no way vindicate the essence of your statements. You're too far removed from the boots on the ground. Again, do not feel in any way you can talk about my experience. You do not have the right, especially without asking, sitting and listening. Even then, if, however, you believe that I matter, understand this. I believe black lives matter. And if I matter to you, so black lives matter should also matter to you and everyone connected to you. We live in a world where a child at school in the UK is more likely to see a talking bear or a dragon in a storybook before a black, Asian or any other ethnic minority character. There is something clearly wrong wrong from grassroots up thank god for ubers now black people can get from north of london to south london these are running jokes that are steeped in reality and are ingrained in the psyche of everyone we still love our beloved london taxi drivers ignorance breeds fear lack of understanding and resentment i read a lot of statements including yours that has most if not all three elements i will leave this with you to digest absolutely powerful statement yeah. i love the controlled way in which he just picks apart every single aspect of pierre's statement but i love the way in which i feel as though he spoke for me and that's why i i say maybe mm-hmm. you know um in jest but i meant it he was our john Bayega. he's stepped up when we needed him but more importantly he has a lot to lose as the head coach of a gym which is owned by this 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 cretin um i can understand that you know it must have been a difficult decision to actually get to a stage where you were actually calling him out what did you make of jude's statement as you said it was a powerful statement from jude and it takes courage for for anybody for anybody to speak out against their employer when their employer is, I, I want to curtail my swearing or whatever on, on this podcast. When they're, empo- we'll save that for when we get to Baz Boon. Yeah, of course, <laughs> Baz Boon, as you know, or as you, as you were involved in, took to Twitter to try and um, insert his two penneth. The man is a fuckwit. I don't know what is his major malfunction. I don't know what it is that um, is actually affecting this man, but he needs help. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And going back to Jude's statement, if there are a lot of there are a lot of black people in the UK in the world right now who are in positions of power, but the people above them might hold abhorrent views, and they're in the very very difficult position where they're torn between their morals and being loyal to what's right and receiving a paycheck and ensuring that they are safe and their family are financially secure. And I'd, I'd never want to be in, in that situation because it's, 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 it, it, it could be, a, it could be a lose, lose situation, but for Jude to, to speak out against Pierre's ridiculous views, it's powerful and it sends a real, real statement and, and sets an example for others who are debating whether they should speak out against their employer's wrong views or even people in their own family having th- those views. And it says, as I said, it sets an example. And he's, a sh- he's as you said, he's, he's being our Jeff Bayega because he could, he, could, he could lose his job from this. Let's not, let's not be around the bush. And I, I hope to God that that doesn't happen. And if, if that does happen, all of us will rally around to ensure that he's, he's okay. But as I said, it, it took a lot for him to, to say what he said. And I just loved how he was, he was so eloquent and he didn't use profanity. He didn't raise his voice and, and, or change the tone and make it aggressive. He just picked him apart with, I didn't want to say with, with kindness or whatever, but he picked him apart with contriteness. That's, 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 that's a good word, contriteness. And he just showed him up for what he truly is. You know, just as we've been speaking, breaking news, Pierre from Glory has actually just tweeted me. Oh, This is what he said. What are you trying to achieve by taking a post from a Facebook conversation on a friend's wall and distribute it to the world? Why are you trying to bully somebody you do not know by reposting it every day to try and gather more attention? Um, I think there's more to this. Let me just flip through this. Sorry. I know this doesn't I'm, make I'm locked, so I can't see it either, bro. Let's have a look. If you want to know my view, here it is. Racism should have no place in today's world. We cannot change the past, but we can change the future. I look forward to living in a world where everybody live i'm I'm reading this verbatim live Uh in harmony and where everybody define themselves and each other as human beings but that wasn't what you were saying originally was it no do you do you know do you know what right i would rather an overt racist just rather than when they're being caught out just cower back and be like oh yeah oh yeah what i said what i said was wrong blah 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 just if if you truly believe that to 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 quote Kamara Usman, keep that same energy. Keep that same exactly. energy. Exactly. Say it with yeah. your chest. Exactly. And keep the chest high. Although I don't respect you at all for holding for holding those views, and that goes to racists in 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 general. I would have a tiny morsel for you just standing by what you believe. But at this, oh, again, I do you know it just it comes across as he he's realised that. What he said is is gone somewhat viral, 
it, or, or viral in the combat sports community in that sense. Yeah. And he's realized, oh fuck, I've got to, I've got to come back and and uh, and say some and, and say something because there's also a situation like as I said to you earlier today, I reached out to. Um, to, to uh, Cedric Dumbe, one of Glory's uh, pr- premier champions, to to get to get his comment on this, I've yet to hear anything back. But mm-hmm. I mean, what, I'm sure Pierre has thought, "Fuck, what would, what if Cedric sees this and blah blah blah?" So again, man, it's the it's just lip service from him, a hundred percent. It's just lip service. He he I think- he hasn't changed in the space of however many hours. This 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 is. Uh, this post has become more public and more prevalent. He hasn't changed and educated himself. You know what's going to happen as soon as we finish this podcast. He'll be getting a very, very concise and clear response. I'm just really glad that he has responded Mm -hmm. because that opens up the dialogue. But where's Jude's response? Where is the response to Jude? 100%. seems to be concentrating a lot on me. 100%. And... Do, do you know what I? Maybe this is just me being too nice of a person, and maybe I'll, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I would have hoped, and I would have thought that he would have called Jude and spoken to him on the on the telephone. Exactly. That's 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 what I'm hoping for. If 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 he's this decent human being who who he claims he is or what or whatever, then that's what he that's what he would have done. But well, it it, it remains it remains to be seen. <laughs> it remains to be seen. And as as you said, like at least he's at least he's gone to uh, gone to the well. At least he decided to unblock you and and speak to you because starting a dialect and, yeah, and come clean and starting a dialect with with people that hold these views is the first step to change. I think so. That's that, yeah. that's that's the first step to change. That's why, although I shouldn't engage with with people who hold abhorrent views or or, or racist or sexist or, or homophobic or whatever. I will always just speak to them and ask them to explain themselves, not and not just give outrage straight away. I'll always speak to them and ask them to explain themselves, in the hopes that I can then steer them towards the light and see what is right and what is wrong. And I've been successful in in, in some instances like that. There have been some people who have come at me in, on Twitter and have said, "Oh, you're." You're just stoking racism or, or what or what have you, or you're trying to be divisive, but I've just explained my point of view, just engage them in a in a calm, cool and collected manner. And some people have backed off and they go, Okay, I, I see your point now. But and and hopefully hopefully Pierre I was about to call him Andorant, that's but that's his surname. <laughs> <laughs> that's his surname. Oh, I, I've I'll give him a bit more respect for for coming out and speaking to you, but Actions speak louder than words for me now, and if and for me, if he hasn't spoken to Jude, then I was about to say he's dead to me. I'd I'd never wish anyone dead, death or whatever. But if, if that hasn't been the case, then I don't want to hear what he's got to say. Exactly. Any more before we, uh, any any more before we actually wrap up this bad boy? Well, you also talk about breaking news. As I went onto Twitter to try to see um, Pierre's tweet, but I'm blocked. Yeah. From, I'm blocked from the man. I can't. Uh, I know. I know this is uh, this is a different combat sport. But uh, mm. Combate have said that Mike Tyson has turned down eighteen million dollars to fight eighty or 18? Eight, 18, 18, 18 wow. million dollars to face Vanderlei Silva in a bare knuckle boxing match. <laughs> yo, yo, man! What? 
2020 has been a, a weird flex, hasn't it? It's like, oh, what? Man. It, it, we, we were only halfway through it. Damn. I, I know, man. The, 2020 is a weird flex, man. Um, again, like, Vanderlei, I love Vanderlei Silva. He was one of the fighters that got me into mixed martial arts. I remember watching it as, as some of his early fights in, in, in Pride. But he's one of he's another one who I believe that I think just needs to hang it up. Don't don't you like hang up combat sports in general because that man has taken an obscene amount of punishment. So much so that he had to have plastic surgery to completely change his face. <laughs> but also, like move, moving back to specifically MMA, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on some of the more uh, prevalent and big matchups that were just announced or are in the works. Obviously. Uh, we got Fight Island headlined by Usman Burns next month. Yeah. But the following month, we got the trilogy fight between Mr. Daniel Cormier and Mr. Stipe Miocic. What, mm. are you, what are your thoughts on that fight? Because for me, I, I can't wait for the fight because the, the manner in which this, the rematch ended was yeah. was nothing short but spectacular. But although as expect, spectacular and as emphatic the finish was, Daniel was winning the fight. Daniel was handily winning the fight, but he he had no response for the adjustment that Stipe made in the fourth. So exactly, what's your thoughts on how this fight goes the third and final time around? I think third and final time around. First of all, I'm really excited to see them actually do, you know, or complete the trilogy. What I like about this as well is the steady and kind of like um, sure way that Daniel has or DC has continued just to be patient and mm-hmm. to wait and to keep tapping like a little bird like a little kind of like woodpecker um making sure that this actually happens plus he's way past his retirement date which leads me on to where i think this is actually going stipe is going to take this he's going to nail it it's going to be more emphatic and i think you're going to see this as a either two no round two tko i just don't think that DC has it in him anymore. I just don't think that, you know, the, the DC of old, the dominant DC of old, mm-hmm. the, 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 the trailblazer, as it were, I mean, the work they did in, in Strike Force was amazing. I don't think that's the DC that we see now in 2020. So I'm excited for the matchup, but I see this going Stipe's way. How about you? Uh, for me, I think my heart is, uh, is saying Cormier because obviously I'd love, to, I'd love nothing more than for that man to go out on a high hold that heavyweight title aloft and then leave and just place his gloves in the octagon and then that be the final chapter of his story. But as you say, I, I, I think Stipe made the necessary adjustments in that fourth round and he's going to make the necessary adjustments in the, in, in, in the trilogy fight. So yeah. I, I think, I think Stipe is going to take it. I, I think it could be another fourth round stoppage because let's not forget Daniel He's durable. It, it, it takes a lot to finish Daniel Cormier. I mean, mm. let's not forget, pe- people point to the fact that John, John knocked him out, but that head kick, the left head kick came from hell. And the way that John finished him was, I, I think for me, that's probably in, in the top three most ruthless finishes in UFC history because of the way that he stalked him towards the end to finish the job. But I think that, yeah, I just think that Sipe is going to take it this, this time. Unfortunately, I'm rooting for DC. I'm rooting for that man. I and I never count him out, but I think I think Miocic is going to have his number. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, what's your thoughts on like 
Khabib and Tony. We know uh, Khabib and Tony. God, that's just my that's just my <laughs> default. That's my default. Saying saying what I, the MMA, rest of the MMA wishes was happening in September. Khabib and Justin Gaethje. We all Justin. know. Yeah, mm. we all know that fight is uh, is was the fight that was going to happen after Justin put on a stellar performance against Tony Ferguson in May. That fight is now in the works for September. Now that it's the, the the pieces are coming together, what's your thoughts on the matchup? You know something. Initially, when you know this was a possibility, I was thinking, Ah, Khabib all day. He's gonna go in there. He's gonna smother him. He's gonna threaten him for all five rounds, and it's just gonna be a horrific experience for um, Justin. But I have to keep reminding myself that Justin's roots lay or lies in wrestling mm-hmm. he's uh, he, he is quite handy uh, when it co- when it goes to the ground and that's one thing that i think that i've lost sight of especially you know these barn burners he's been going in these these, these kind of like wrecking ball tactics that he's got yeah. and and now measured wrecking ball tactics which does rely on his um his well his stand-up game um i'm going with justin gaethje i just can't believe that i'm saying this but i just feel that people like myself need to be reminded that he's just as dangerous on the ground as he is on the feet yeah 100 percent. i mean justin gage i do believe he was ncaa ncaa division one champion i'm pretty sure yes yeah and and i mean although he hasn't showcased his wrestling his wrestling is there like yeah so for me so that's I, a threat yeah, that that's mm. that's a threat and and as much as Habib's stand-up is is improving with with which each fight, I, I think the the biggest improvement was from the Ayaquinta to the uh, McGregor fight. His yeah. strike was a lot better. It's I don't think it's going to be enough to enough to to stop J- Justin Gaethje. And as you say, you you mentioned Justin Gaethje. He he goes forward and initially in the early stage of his UFC career, it was this kill or be killed mentality that that he adopted and. Or the analogy I, I like to use is like he likes to to drag his opponents deep into the water. So if you can just imagine somebody walking from the beach, just going deeper and deeper into the sea, and he knows he might not come back out there, but he'll put you through hell through throughout that entire time. But his <laughs> but his style, he's like him and Trevor Rittman, they've refined it, and now he's a lot more calm and he's a lot more methodical when he goes forward. He's a lot more strategic when he's when he sees yeah. those openings. He'll have a bit of a wild flurry, but he just doesn't go in just all guns blazing, just head first. Mm. And I think that's what impressed me the most when uh, when he beat uh, James Vick and Barboza and who else did he beat before those two? I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm doing the man a disturbance. That was the most impressing, <laughs> impressing thing for me because it's rare that you see fighters switch up their style, like be able to switch up their style like that. And... I, I spoke about Spires switching up their style and uh, not seeing the red mist on uh, last week. And that was when we were talking about Cody Barbrand because he got clipped a couple times by Sunsour and he didn't see the the red mist and just go guns guns blazing. So I think Khabib would have beat the Justin Gaethje that first came into the UFC. They took on Michael Johnson and then lost to Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. Yeah. I think he would have beaten him. But... It's going to be a lot tougher to beat this this new and improved Justin Gaethje, and, yeah. And also another factor that um, that needs to be considered is the fact that 
as you say, Justin's background lays in wrestling. He's not going to be afraid for the fight to be taken down. Exactly. And thus, and thus he's not going to be afraid to go forward. A lot of fighters, when they fight Khabib, they're afraid to move to him for fear of being taken down. And then mm. they back up towards the fence, which is actually where Habib does his best work because he he doesn't like to engage in takedowns in the middle of the octagon. He likes to get his opponents close, their backs close to the cage, and then pursue the takedown. And then, well, pursue the takedown with his chain wrestling. Justin's going to meet him in the middle. He's going to be on him. So, yeah, I I can't believe I'm saying it, but September nineteenth, man, we're going to hear and new. Wow. <laughs> yes, and people, we're actually in agreement with this. Yeah, That's we're agree. We're agree. We just need Kairos with the alternative view to, to come back when he hears this. No, no, no. He he's not going to be backing Khabib. Come on, man. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he did end the episode the, the other day saying F Khabib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No considered measured and mature that is the new gaichi and speaking of mature i'm off to send a mature tweet until next time make some trouble